You're listening to episode 52 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena of Joanne the Life Coach Podcast and the best-selling author of Widowed. Welcome back, you guys. I'm telling you, I'm a little late on my podcast, and I'm sitting here in my recording studio, and I feel like I've just forgotten how to do it. <laughs> I just missed a few days, and I've forgotten how to do this. Did you all go get the free Kindle book of Widowed on my birthday last week? It was so much fun to do that. Amazon let me change the price on my Kindle version of widowed to zero dollars and zero cents for two days so that for my birthday I could let everybody go download the Kindle book for free and then hopefully what I wanted as my birthday gift from you all is for you to come back to Amazon to where my book is and click on leave a review to leave a review for the book I got some really lovely letters from you guys and I so love that. Let me share just a couple of things. I got a letter from, I guess first names are okay because it's not really identifying and there's lots of Vernas in the world, right? Verna wrote, I just started to read your free book. I wanted to thank you. It's a wonderful book. My husband passed away and it still seems like yesterday. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for going and getting it. Another reader wrote and said, bless you a million times. I've previously downloaded your book and used it, used my time on the train to work and back each day reading a paragraph for you. I lost my life partner of 25 brilliant years three years ago. I feel every word you share and wish I wasn't on the other side of the world in South Africa. Oh, hi, South Africa listener. Because you understand, it's not getting easier, it's getting worse. Oh, that makes my heart hurt. Uh, but she said, you have a birthday now. Hope it was filled with lots of love and cherished moments, dear one. Mine is on Monday. Oh, happy birthday. Anyway, there's a lot more that she says. All of it's so nice. I just love it when I hear from you guys, especially when it's so personal. Sharing your feedback with me. I love that. I love that. So if you've read Widowed but haven't left a brief review for the book on Amazon, go do that. It doesn't have to be like a paragraph writing assignment. It can be just one sentence. You can say if you recommend the book or not. Yeah, you can even leave a review saying you didn't get much from it. If that was your experience of the book, it's all good. It's all good for me. And it was so much fun to do it for my birthday. It really did. It made my day special. And you guys know how that is. You know how hard birthdays are. Even though I've had three now. Because I my first birthday I had without Jim was almost immediately after he passed away. And it's been two years now. And I've cycled back around. And this is was my third birthday without him here. So being able to do something special. And do something special for all of you really made just made my birthday um speaking of reviews i have had a couple new reviews in itunes for this podcast this month 
which I was delighted to see. It's almost been six months since anyone wrote a podcast for me in iTunes. Get yourselves over to iTunes, too. And iTunes does not make it as easy as Amazon does because you have to go search for my podcast. Even if you're subscribed to it, you have to go back and search for it, click on it, and then you'll see where you can click on ratings and reviews and click write a review. Let's see, I've got a review from Chris8650 that says, on so many levels, it's my personal story. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm feeling, but it comes through Joanne's podcast with comfort and hope. I'm an avid podcast listener, but never thought this would be one of my subjects. So glad I found it early in my grieving hope to continue to journey with her. Oh, I hope you continue to journey with me too, Chris. And yeah, I'm real sorry that it became one of your podcast subjects. And that's why I'm glad that I did this. Because when Jim passed away, it was not a podcast subject, unless you were looking for a heavy metal band called Black Widow. So, um, Gosh, yes, continue to journey with me, go back through these, because sometimes as my own journey progresses, I'm podcasting maybe a little further into the journey of widowhood, but I still try to stay in touch with that new first feelings of widowhood and those first six months of widowhood when you're in such fog. I want to stay in touch with that too. I also received a review from Stitcher57 who says, absolutely love this podcast. Thank you for that. I gain great comfort listening to Joanne and her journey through widowhood. We're not alone. And she's wonderful getting that message out there. Widowhood is hard and all of it, all its complexities, all its complexities are numerous. Joanne understands. I highly recommend Widowcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, get out there and share it too. Share it with anybody you guys know who is widowed, whether they're new widows or they've been widowed for a while. Um, the more listeners that listen to this, the higher up it's going to get in the listings on iTunes for other widows to find it. That's my secret ulterior motive for you to go leave reviews in iTunes. It's not because it's so much fun to read them, but it really is. I mean, I just, my heart leaps with joy for every one of them I see, but it does. It gets the podcast out there to those who need this. What else is new? I started the Widow's Coaching class a couple weeks ago. We're a real small group in this first run through of this coaching class. It has been so much fun already. I'm, I find it such exciting work to do. And um, it's a remarkable group of coaches, of widows, learning to be coaches for widows. I do want to at some point be able to bring some of them on for um, an interview on this podcast so that you get to hear and share in their stories and experiences, as well as their experience of the Widow Coaches class. It's been remarkable. I want to tell you about some of the things that we've been doing. This week, we talked about beliefs as the foundation for your identity. And I'm going to circle around to that at the end of this podcast because I want to share with you one of the exercises we discussed in class because I think it's going to apply on where I'm going with this podcast, right? Which is don't check out on life. Now, 
First of all, I want to tell you that this whole concept of one of the ways that widows check out on life came to me because I was actually studying a very different subject. I'm also a weight loss coach and for weight loss clients, um, we talk about buffering a lot. Buffering is when you are doing something because you don't want to face what you're feeling or what's going on in your life. It's your way of stopping that emotion. You've heard about emotional eating, I'm sure. And I promise you, anyone who overeats, they're, over, they're an emotional eater. They're overeating because there's an emotion that's starting to bubble up and they don't even want to acknowledge it. So many times if I find myself walking into the kitchen and it's not mealtime, like I'm in the kitchen, I've got the box of raisins out and I'm about to throw a handful in my mouth and I will stop myself now because I realize it's like, wait a minute, what has, what has triggered me to want to stand here and eat raisins rather than experience the feelings of it? confrontation does it for me, boy. If somebody's getting confrontational with me, I just want to go right into the kitchen and eat. <laughs> so emotional eating. Eating is a way of not having to pay attention to what's going on with us. It kind of covers it up. So I've been really getting into this idea of buffering with my weight loss clients. Um, buffering is not just eating, it's over drinking it's spending too much time on Facebook. It's going out and shopping, getting the high from buying a good deal is a way of kind of checking out on the things in your life that feel uncomfortable that you don't want to look at. So shopping can be a way of buffering. Gambling can be a way of buffering for people. Sitting there watching mindless TV that's one of my buffers. <laughs> I will admit it. You guys know I love TV. I have a TV show podcast. It suddenly hit me like a ton of bricks the other day as I was reading one of my mentors has a pamphlet about stop buffering. And I was really getting into that brilliant stuff. But it dawned on me that there was something going on with widows that is very similar. It's either similar or it's the opposite of it. I'm trying to identify it, but I'm going to talk about it today. Even though I'm still formulating this whole concept, I'm going to put it out there for you guys for what it's worth and for what it's going to help. One of the things that brought it to my attention is what sets apart the students that have come into the widow coaches class with me. They are a real special group. And I thought, what is it that just so sets them apart? And it, they are set apart from being, spending all their time focusing on their loneliness and their loss because they absolutely have loneliness and loss. They've all lost their spouses they have life complications, whether it's kids or their work or the fact they have to move now, but they no longer want to check out on their lives, right? All of a sudden, I looked at that and I thought, wait, they are in my class because they no longer want to indulge in buffering. And by that, I mean, I think that as widows, 
sometimes getting wrapped up in the painful emotions, because there's all kinds of painful emotions. It's not just grief. When you're a new widow, there are emotions coming at you from every direction. You might think it's all grief. We've talked about this before, but it's not. Grief is kind of pure. And yeah, we want to grieve. We want to grieve. We lost our spouses. But grief doesn't hurt. What hurts is the guilt and the loneliness and all this other stuff, the anger, all these emotions that all kind of mush up inside of us with it. Instead of buffering your life, overeating to escape the emotions, we are wrapping up in our emotions and it's paralyzing us from being able to look at our life and experience our life. So in a way, we may be buffering by hanging on to all of our emotional pain. That's why we're still sitting in that chair in our living room, staring into empty space, right? It's a way of not looking at all the things that hurt right now. We'll, we'll be paralyzed by the pain and we'll stay paralyzed. It's because if you go there, it can be so painful to look out on your life after your spouse dies. It takes a while to even lift up our head and consider for a moment that our days are happening one after the other. Even when we're not looking at them, those days are going by. There is such tremendous pain of loss that we buffer. We want to completely check out on life because the idea of even thinking about it is too painful. It's too painful. Now, one of my students, and... They're so wonderful. She shared with us that this week, or this past weekend, she had a pity party and that it was warranted. She wanted to have that pity party. And it was that was kind of perfect because I thought, absolutely, if you're going to go there, be all in. Make it an evening. And she did. She had wine. She looked at old pictures. She just allowed herself to wallow in the grief a bit. And we need to do that sometimes. But don't make it your life. Because if you make it your entire life, you're buffering. You're checking out on yourself. For those that have downloaded my book for free in computer format, I have given it away. I can't tell you. I've given away over 2,000 copies of my book now. It may be more because I don't know the numbers from this past week. I have also been giving it away because Amazon won't let me leave it at zero dollars and zero cents indefinitely. Like Amazon is in business to make some money, right? So they want to sell my book. But I have set up a promotion and paid for the promotion to allow people to download it in PDF format, which means you have to sit at your computer and read it. But it's, it's a way of getting the book out there and it's free. And for those that um, downloaded it that way, you go, you put in your name, you put in your email address, and then the link is emailed to you to get that PDF. There's also an email that follows up and says, hey, I've got a reader connection form online. I would love to hear from you. I can't possibly talk to everybody that reads my book, but I love looking at the uh, reader connection forms, the 
widow-sisterhood connection. And they can click, and it takes them to a form where they can click off some boxes on what's going on with them. There's places where you can type in and share a little bit about your story. Tell me some things you want me to know. And I love looking at these forms and I treasure each and every one of them. And sometimes if it sounds like somebody that I could actually help that might be a good fit for life coaching as a widow, I will reach out to them an email and say, hey, do you want to jump on a call with me? Let's see if you would be a good fit for this. Let's see if you'd be interested just to find out if it's something that would work for them, if it's something I could help them with. Amazingly enough, so many of the connection forms that I get back at the end, there's a place where you could say that you've already worked with a therapist um, if you would be interested in hiring a professional to help you out, um, one of the choices is I'm not ready to even deal with this. And I get a surprising number of forms from widows saying, I'm not ready to even deal with this. And their timeline as a widow has no significance in relationship to their feeling that they're not ready to even deal with what's going on with them. Sometimes it's a widow that's six months a widow, and I get that. It's like you still feel like you can't lift your head up yet. Sometimes it's from widows who've been widowed for five years, six years, you know, and they're not ready to deal with it. So they are still checking out on their own life. They don't even want to look at their life. They want to keep the blinders on. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a little story. It's about marketing. Yeah, that's pretty left field. I know. I know. I discovered for with what I do, marketing is a necessary thing. If I want to reach out to people who tru truly need me so that I can work in service of others. But I was not getting the responses I expected and needed. When I first started doing this life coach thing, right? And I started it a while ago as a weight loss coach. I thought I probably needed to learn how to sell, that that was my problem. I've never been a salesman in my life. I've never worked in an entrepreneurial fashion before in my life until I became a life coach. I'm not a salesperson for sure. I even tell people on calls this sometimes. I start laughing at myself because it's like, God, I'm the opposite of a salesperson. I didn't even want to consider how terrible my numbers were for the first year of business that I was in business. I just kept trying to learn how to sell, right? Because I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not reaching the people who need me. I have to learn how to sell better. I, you know, and, and that's what I kept focusing on too, was like, how, how do I talk to people? How do I sell this? Eventually, finally, even though it felt scary and embarrassing to do, I dove in to look at my actual business numbers, looking at the number of people who maybe responded to an ad that ran on Facebook. And of those people, how many did I talk to on the phone? And of all those people I talked to on the phone, how many were actually a good fit for coaching and wanted to work with me? It made my stomach sick to even try to go in and look at it. I didn't want to admit to myself what those exact numbers were. You know what I discovered? I didn't need to learn how to be a salesperson. I don't need to be. My non-salesperson persona was doing just fine. I simply was not getting in front of enough people. 
I wasn't connecting with the people who desperately needed my help. And it was a simple fix. It was a minor step in a different direction. But because I was not wanting for an entire year to look directly at it, I wanted to keep my head in the sand. I even had my head in the wrong sand because I thought I needed to learn to be a salesperson. God forbid. <laughs> when I finally picked my head up and stared right down that tunnel I feared looking at, I saw exactly what I needed to do. It was not that much different than being a widow or a widower who cannot bring themselves to even consider looking at, at the future. It's too scary. It's too upsetting. Right? So instead, maybe you do overeat. Maybe that's how you buffer out of this. Maybe you overdrink sometimes. Maybe you start with a glass of wine and it's the whole bottle. Maybe you've been shopping. Maybe <laughs> you've been shopping a lot. Or maybe you've just been so stalled out that you sit in your chair and stare into space. Or watch TV. Speaking of which, This Is Us, the episode last week. Wow. I don't know if you've been watching This Is Us. I'm not going to go into it on this because I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't started watching the program. You have to go back to the start from the premiere. You can watch it online. I think, um, are they on? They're on NBC. If you get the NBC app or if you go to the NBC website, if you have Apple TV, you can watch NBC. It's probably on demand from your cable subscriber. You can go back and find the uh, first premiere episode on through to watch it. I also understand those of you in the UK, I think you're only like on episode eight over there in the UK. And what we just saw here was episode 12. So I don't want to totally spoil the episode, but it was awesome. And I podcasted about it on my This Is Us podcast. I do podcast This Is Us. The show dealt with, and I'll tell you just in generalized form and don't draw any conclusions till you're up to the current episode, but it dealt with suicidal thoughts in widows and widowers. And I started um, looking into the statistics because that's another alarming thing that I've often seen on the reader connection forms that come to me. I've seen widows that have either attempted suicide in the past, have thought about suicide, have gone to therapists because they're thinking about suicide. And I think it has to do with no life purpose. When there is absolutely no purpose in front of you for life, you start to not only buffer and check out, but you might think about checking out permanently. Please don't. The, the figures on this were surprising. Um, it is the suicide rate in widows is slightly higher than for the average women across the country suicide rate. But for widowers, it was, I can't remember how many times higher. It was like 30% of widowers consider suicide. Wow. That's just wow. And again, that's checking out on life, but that's not just buffering. That's not just overeating. That's a permanent checkout. But if you can just lift up your head and consider looking at your life as it is right now, which is a scary thing to look at when you're widowed, like 
the whole rug was pulled out from under you when your spouse died. But if you look at your life as it is right now, then you begin to see what it is that you really want and need in your life. You can see what needs to be fixed. You can start to look for a purpose. It changes everything for you. One of the exercises that we discussed this week at the Widow's Coaches class was an exercise where you think about and write down five new belief systems you would want to have. Now, belief systems are just a collection of thoughts that your brain plays all the time. And often we bring those thoughts with us from things that happened in our past, things we were taught, things that our parents instilled in us, our teachers instilled in us. Not all our belief systems are bad. You may have had fantastic parents who instilled wonderful beliefs in you. Same thing for teachers. But maybe there are new beliefs that you would like to adopt. Write them down. Write them down. Maybe you would want to adopt the belief that you can find reasons to like living alone. That was one of mine that I adopted. Doesn't that sound crazy? Doesn't that sound like I should have felt guilty? I did at first. I think I've talked about that. The first time that I came downstairs in the kitchen was still neat and clean in the morning. And I walked in and thought, oh, this is nice. And then I thought I would felt guilty. And I thought, oh, God, you know, what I wouldn't give to come down and find his midnight snack toast crumbs all over the counter and a buttered knife and an empty coffee cup, right? <laughs> but that's when I realized that if I were, I could choose. I could still feel horrible and lonely all of the time, all the time. I could feel my aloneness. I could wrap myself up in my aloneness. And trust me, I felt lonely. I still do a lot of the time. If I wrap that around myself, I might be buffering out some things in my life that are actually worthwhile. So I decided one of my new belief systems would be that I liked living alone. And I wrote that down. And here's the next step. When you find a belief that you want to adopt and you write it down, you start to find evidence in your own life to support it. And if you can't find any evidence at all in your own current life to support the new belief you'd like to have, look at the life of a role model who has that belief already. Write down the evidence that they can provide you. For a belief that I like living alone, I started with, hey, it's nice to come down and find the kitchen is still clean in the morning. It's nice to walk in the house and drop my shoes in the middle of the room and nobody's going to trip over them, right? It's nice to play music as loud as I want. I'm not going to bother anybody, especially if it's music that I like and they don't. I started to find evidence in my own life to support the notion that I could like living alone. Do I want to live alone forever? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know when I'll be ready for that. It could happen. But for right now, it's a cool belief system to have. Makes me feel a heck of a lot better rattling around my house. I get to rattle around it in whatever way I please because I like living alone. 
there are lots of new beliefs that you could adopt. You know, beliefs like maybe believing that your life could have a purpose again. And start looking for evidence in your life that your life has purpose. And if you can't find that, look for a role model. A role model of a widow whose life has purpose. Let them provide the evidence for you. That's how you start to wake up a little. That's how you start to not buffer on your life. Buffering is checking out on yourself. My spouse would be so mad at me if I did that. Oh, I'm sure he forgave me for the six months that my head was down in my lap. <laughs> and I'm sure yours did too. Gosh. But I think that he celebrates every little victory I have right alongside me and is as excited about the things that I do now as I am. Do I not grieve anymore? Of course I grieve. Of course I still feel lonely. Of course I still miss him. But I'm not afraid to feel that. I'm not afraid to do that. And I don't have to wrap myself up in it to check out on all the other things in my life that might be scary. I am going to continue to offer the Widow's Coaches class. So if you're ready to make a contribution, learn to coach, enter a new life, I started doing this because I realized that's what helped me the most in regaining my confidence and growing into a new life and standing on my own feet. It was becoming a life coach. Being able to reach out to other widows for me has been so immensely rewarding. So now I offer that same experience for the rest of you. If you want to learn more about it and get in on the next class cycle, which is kind of up in the air. I was thinking the next class cycle would be in April because the class is 12 weeks. But I'm starting to think if there is enough of a demand, and I've got a couple of you already waitlisted for the next class, that I might start another a second class sooner. So reach out to me. You can just write me at joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. J-O-A-N-N. There's no E on my name. Joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. Drop me a note in email. Let me know and we will get together and see if it's a good fit for you, if it's something you want to do and if it's a, something that's going to work for the class. So remember, there is joy in every day if you're looking for it. If you're looking for the evidence in your life, for me in the beginning, some days it was just looking out my window and seeing a couple squirrels rustling on the ground. And it would lift me up a little bit and make me realize there it is. There's evidence. There's joy in my life. So get out there. Find a little joy in your life. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>